Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So on August the 19th is World Orangutan Day, and then the second holiday coming up uh, for August again, late August is National Honeybee Day, and it's on August the 22nd. It's kind of funny that the last podcast episode was about uh, bees, so for late August, on August the 22nd, it's a day to celebrate. Again, National Honeybee Day is that day. Headlines from the Hemispheres is our next segment up, and as you know, or if you're new to the Green Thoughts program, it's where we talk about and cover amazing environmental headlines from all over the globe. So the first headline is out of England, and it talks about closing of one of the last coal mines that they have out there near Durham. One of England's last coal mines to close near Durham And I found this headline on The Guardian on uh, Amazing Side, of course, and it has all types of UK news, international news. They are world-renowned and award-winning. And so England is uh, and has closed their, uh, one of the last mines that they have in Bradley near Durham. And it's great because uh, the country has, of course, uh, used a lot of uh, coal resources, but they're transitioning on uh, from the use of coal. And one of the owners of the surface mine there, the Banks Group, they stated that Bradley uh, will have extracted its last coal uh, on um, August the 17th, and it did, which was about two months after its other sister site in uh, Shutton uh, within uh, Northumberland when it ended its uh, coal production. So not too far along, uh, they've you know both closed around the same time. So the Banks Group, uh, they did apply to extend the life of uh, that mine before in England, before it you know was set to shut down and did shut down. Uh, up until um, 2021, they had applied for permission to extend, again, the life of the mine, but the application was turned down early in the summer. Now, uh, on coal in Britain, it provides around or provided around 40 percent of their electricity is recently back in 2012. But as far as uh, the last year or so, coal fire uh, power made up about 2% of the UK's uh, electricity generation. The uh, next headline is out of South Africa, uh, and it's about humans in our prehistoric times. 200,000 years ago, humans preferred to kip cozy. Uh, That was reported on ScienceDaily.com. And again, this uh, news is out of South Africa. 
Now, researchers were in a well-known cave uh, of South Africa. It's an archaeological site, uh, and it's known uh, between um, sitting between uh, Swaziland and in another part of South Africa. I'm not going to say the name because I'm probably going to butcher it. But nonetheless, they found evidence of people having bedding and it's grass bedding, and they used it as a, as a means to comfortably sleep and work at least 200,000 years ago. Uh, in addition to the bedding, there were layers of ash uh, that people used back then to protect themselves from insects uh, while they slept. And they also used uh, ash and other cultures have used ash uh, for long periods of time uh, as a sort of uh, insect repellent um, because insects cannot easily move uh, through uh, fine powder. Uh, the border study or the Border Cave Study, which is what it's known as, was a collaborative effort from all types of uh, institutions and universities from all over the world, such as from South Africa, of course, where the study was done, France, Argentina, and also Belgium. Last but not least is uh, a piece about uh, drivers and about air pollution uh, in different parts of the world. So drivers who keep their windows down are exposed to 80% more air pollution. Environmental News Network had that story, and I thought that, found that it was fascinating, uh, mainly because uh, we drive and we use our cars, vehicles for work, etc., getting around town, uh, traveling, and so many other uses. And the University of Surrey uh, decided to uh, look into uh, this and did the main part of the research, even though they traveled and had a global team working with them. And this is out of the UK. There was... Um, an alarming statistic, first, that they noted that the World Health Organization, or WHO, uh, they reported that air pollution kills about 7 million people every single year. So 9 out of 10 people or so um, are breathing air that has high levels, extremely high levels of air pollutants. So the, some of the world's most affluent cities you may know, they are disproportionately affected because of the in-car air pollution that the drivers suffer um, because they're, they, they open the windows to try and circulate air uh, and it's really hazardous to them. And uh, the global team, they went ahead and gathered air pollution uh, level uh, data from different cities, um, from countries such as Bangladesh, uh, India, China, Colombia, Brazil, Egypt, Iraq, Ethiopia, Malawi, and also Tanzania. The scientists, they measured how the exposure levels changed when the drivers used their uh, recirculation sy systems in their cars, fans, maybe your A traditional fans, and also how they uh, simply opened their windows. Environmental News Network had an amazing uh, piece about uh, flip-flops being made out of a lab um, and I thought that this was a unique piece to do mainly because flip-flops are a staple amongst a certain uh, you know, populations of people who live in temperate and hot areas, areas where there's beaches and it's usually hot almost all year long. It's a, one of the most popular types of shoes out there, if not period. And I wanted to investigate if there were going to be 
uh, important improvements in this type of popular shoe because I think we need to know about how the shoe um, changes over time. Uh, price probably will vary, of course, and there are tons of different companies that have flip-flops, but the fact that uh, flip-flops in the future may be biodegradable or that this lab, this uh, research done, has been able to you know, do that, I think is amazing. And so uh, also uh, looking into how your shoes operate, if they are biodegradable um, or if they are recyclable, um, do they have um, sustainable principles infused in these shoes from the companies that, of course, made these shoes? What shoes do you trust uh, to get you from here yonder, from point A to point B to point C? And we're going to also look at where you can get uh, these types of shoes, biodegradable shoes, eco-friendly shoes, uh, shoes made from other materials that are less common but also really um, amazing and are beginning to gain some uh, mainstream momentum. So we're going to look at all those things and start off with the flip side of biodegradable flip-flops, uh, just the uh, beginnings of the research and how it's uh, looked at and the process of it and where to go uh, in the future. So we're going to first start off with why flip-flops should be made better, um, what's the uh, aim at, at having footwear that's better um, and, and it be common, something like flip-flops, easy um, in some ways to manufacture, and what's the problem now with our plastic waste and also the current science news um, that was out of the University of California at San Diego. So it is, of course, the world's most popular shoe by many accounts. Um, you know, who hasn't had a pair of flip-flops in the, in the past or maybe are trying to buy some in the future? Flip-flops account for a staggering amount of destructive plastic waste, and it usually ends up in our landfills, in our, uh, on our seashores, and, of course, in our plentiful oceans. Now, scientists at the University of California, San Diego, they wanted to change how flip-flops operate and sort of resolve the plastic issue, which is admirable and it's amazing. So they took it upon themselves to uh, go leaps and bounds beyond what's conventional and they're looking for a way to uh, dissolve and help biodegrade uh, the shoes and so they create less waste overall. So the team of researchers, they formulated these polyurethane foams and they made them from algae oil and they made them so that they met commercial specifications for a traditional midsole. So maybe thickness or weight, heaviness and make sure it's, you know, puncture resistant, those types of features. And they also formulated the footbeds for the flip flops too. Now the results, you can read them in the uh, journal Bioresource Technology Reports and it detailed heavily the success um, of the, uh, the team's development of the, these uh, sustainable and consumer-ready biodegradable materials. So they looked at all types of different compostable, um, amazing uh, biodegradable things that they could put in those shoes to make them biodegrade. The research was a collaborative effort from the University of California, San Diego, a research team and a startup company that is uh, really known for their material science and technology that they do as a company. 
Now, in addition to uh, formulating the commercial quality for the types of foams, those polyurethane foams, they worked with the Al Genesis, the company, uh, which also um, really made the shoes. They helped make the shoes, but they also uh, worked with each other to help um, degrade these shoes as well. So not just making them, they wanted to see if these shoes could also degrade uh, reasonably. So the scientists, they showed that um, traditional um, products like your polyesters and bioplastics and your PET, which is made from traditionally fossil fuels, they uh, can biodegrade, but only in lab tests or in industrial composting. So that's what you'll see in your com commercial types of um, components uh, in uh, shoes that try and market themselves as being different, but really uh, they, they may say that they you know biodegrade, but only in a few different settings under extreme uh, circumstances um, that they can biodegrade. Uh, next, we want to look at a little bit of the decomposing science of those uh, biodegradable uh, foams that they use for the shoes and also next steps. So with the customized foams, they were immersed in a uh, normal compost and soil and the team discovered that the materials had degraded after just 16 weeks, people. So that's just four months. So that's not too long of a time uh, compared to some things that just never degrade or that take thousands of years, if not hundreds of years, uh, to degrade. So during the decomposition period, to account for the toxicity, the scientists led by the uh, University of California, San Diego's um, Skip uh, Pomeroy, he measured that every molecule that was shed from the biodegradable materials, and they also identified the organisms that were able to break down the different types of foams. So uh, lastly, uh, looking at the uh, recyclability of uh, commercial products is one of the next steps that the team of scientists wants to address, especially when it comes to production and making shoes and then the waste management problem uh, that we face, especially here in the U.S. with our plastics. Because if it's not addressed, it will result uh, in, of course, 13 billion metric tons um, of plastic being in our landfills and, of course, our natural environment by the year 2050, unfortunately. Though, um, according to, again, one of the leaders in the research, Skip uh, Pomeroy, uh, he says that this practice um, has been going on for a long time, uh, since um, a long time, probably about 60 years plus or more ago, uh, beginning with the development of plastics. So uh, really trying to um, eliminate plastics in a better way and to uh, be sustainable when it comes to our shoes and making them uh, is a real big uh, challenge that the researchers and of course we all should uh, look forward to solving and you know getting uh, companies on board that are able to process their shoes or take back their shoes help um, have uh, the shoes be repaired there are many different ways that we can uh, safeguard our shoes and other products from the landfills now, as far as a notable quotable I want to leave you with, it's from one of the main researchers, Skip Pomeroy, of course. Quote, if you could turn back the clock and re-envision how you could make the petroleum polymer industry, would you do it in the same 
would you do it the same today that we did it years ago? There's a bunch of plastic folding in every ocean on this planet that suggests we shouldn't have done it that way. End quote. So that was again from Skip Pomeroy, research scientist at the University of California, San Diego. Biodegradable shoes, for all intents and purposes, are amazing. Uh, I wish that they were more mainstream uh, and more people could be um, even infatuated with the idea of uh, using them more and more and, you know, buying them and sharing them with their friends. And I wish that um, there was no need for use of plastics and traditional or conventional types of um, uh, moldings and injections and prototypes and all types of other uh, fixtures that go into making of a shoe. Uh, there are uh, different brands that are out there, and I, I want to do a, a podcast episode about some of my favorites and then a more expansive list and then maybe even some international brands. So who knows? I probably will uh, try and develop that podcast episode. I don't know when, but I'm going to do the best I can and make it a, a longer episode, probably an hour or so. And just delve into all the different types of shoes that are out there and their histories and their pros and cons and and the different types of materials that are out there for biodegradable shoes. Uh, I I want to you know just know why uh, these you know types of shoes these biodegradable shoes why they're not popularized um, and and just seeing uh, the types of possibilities that could be just because of a shoe. A shoe does so much. It gets you from, uh, you know, where you want to be, from from where you are. It uh, helps you travel. Um, you can, uh, you know, develop um, uh, really some great craftsmanship if you know how to make a shoe. And there are traditions passed on, you know, from cobbler to cobbler. Um, there are families who just, they know shoes and that's their livelihood. Um, and so, uh, there are many different types of shoes that I love, uh, mainly because I, I try to go for, um, consciously, uh, thought of shoes that have an environmental, um, story to them. And some of my most favorite ones that I have and use, they're the ones that I wear like all the time. And I've, I've, I've stopped wearing my other shoes mainly because they're like seasonal, but I love my everyday like casual shoes that I wear from like simple shoes, which I've, I did, um, a spotlight on them in, uh, the, the episode of, of simple shoes, um, where I talked about them. It was just, you know, not too many podcast episodes ago and I featured them in the eco company spotlight segment and you know they're made from amazing materials or at least some of their shoes used to be i know that the other shoes nowadays they're still made uh in a in a conscious um way so you know from simple shoes they have uh, components like recycled tires and cork and water-based glues and and paper and and hemp and cotton and uh, recycled pet bottles and they use wool and and jute and crepe or natural rubber, they use so many different types of uh, components just to make a shoe, and it's it's it was brilliant. They use recycled parts too, uh, and I love that philosophy. And they're still around today. Like even though they revamped uh, back in you know 2015, 2016, it kickstarted up again, and they're amazing uh, as a shoe company. And I love them for 
um, you know, st uh, standing true to what they believe and their ethos. And they have a huge like cult following. They're amazing. And I wanted to share uh, them and their story and why I love them so much. And I did so uh, in a podcast episode uh, not too far behind. So uh, I really had fun talking about them. I love Vivo Barefoot. As you know, I also did a spotlight segment about them too. And I love uh, Vivo Barefoot. I, I talked about them early on, um, probably in February 2019, if not March 2019, in the Eco. Uh, company spotlight segment and you know they use recycled materials and vegan materials they have special leathers that they use and fair trade uh, out of you know Ethiopia and other uh, countries they have plant-based materials that they use etc and they they really uh, work to uh, make you a better walker with a, a, a foot that you can um, you know not get injured from and they work on plantar fasciitis and, and all these different uh, ailments that your foot, you know, could have all because of your walking gait and, and how you walk with shoes. And they're like the experts at that. And they have scientists behind it and you can do consultations. It's amazing with a Vivo Barefoot. Uh, next, I also want to talk about uh, Adidas and uh, their Parlay uh, collab. I mentioned them in the PFAS are the problem uh, episode podcast I did not too far back. And I love that shoe because it uses plastic uh, trash that was cleaned from, you know, beaches and coastal communities. And it's made in about uh, every shoe and every shoe. So, you know, each piece in that uh, Adidas Parlay collection is made of at least 75% trash that's picked up from the ocean. And it's beautiful. It's just soft and it's comfortable to wear and it fits. And I just, I love uh, wearing that shoe. Now, another brand I, I love and I wear too is my El Naturalista uh, sandals. I need to buy more shoes, specifically another um, boot, a pair of like winter boots, because my Timberland boots, which I have, the soles have um, gone to the wood. And I, I would prefer to, of course, repair them, but I also want a pair of El Naturalista boots because I love their shoes. Their soles are just uniquely amazing and they look like they were made from like the trees of like an amazing majestic magical forest and they look so pretty I bought them um, probably I want to say four years ago maybe five years ago or maybe I got this as a gift I think I got them as a gift if not I bought them but I love them nonetheless and I also need to buy some uh, other sandals too I probably buy those too from them um, but yes, I love El Naturalista. They're made um, out of Spain. They have an amazing website. They have amazing sustainable principles that they go by as well. There are other shoes that I love too, but I don't have. And there are some amazing brands that maybe you would, of course, um, look to buy from. There are mainstream brands like Echo, ECCO. There's Soul Rebels. I need to get their shoes. They're out of Ethiopia. And uh, there's also Indosol, which they make their uh, flip-flops from recycled uh, tires. And I'll be talking about them a little bit later. From Thousandfeld, which is a company that has amazing shoes, like sneakers, uh, like in amazing pastel and white colors. And their materials that they have the shoes made from are aloe vera, 
recycled bottles, sugarcane, and coconut husks. Like the possibilities for just making shoes are endless. And if you can, if you can do them sustainably or have a company do them sustainably, like you are doing your part and you've actually, you know, learned a bit uh, from this uh, podcast episode, or maybe you continue to, you know, wear only uh, better eco-friendly shoes. So uh, next up, we're going to just dive into some amazing brands. And then there's a link that I'll share a little bit later about an expansive list on the type of uh, uh, eco-friendly and conscious shoes that you should be able to, you know, get and uh, change up your footwear game. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and also protect Mother Earth. You will love this Mother Earth Minutes because we're going to talk about some amazing biodegradable shoe brands and other types of shoes, amazing too, some that also, you know, have uh, components that are recycled or are fair trade or made that are plastic free and other types of variations. So we're going to look at some popular uh, materials uh, briefly and then get started with our list and then a more expansive list too. So there are different eco-friendly materials that shoes that you'll see that are biodegradable or that have been sustainably produced are made from. I listed a few uh, earlier with uh, simple shoes and what uh, their shoes are made from and and some of them were made from. And so uh, usually you'll see components like recycled uh, rubber, hemp, cork, uh, natural rubber, Uh, coconut husks and other types of uh, materials whichever the manufacturer can get their hands on and some of some of these uh, components are ones that they've held true to so you'll see them uh, using these components for the life of particular shoes or uh, different styles that they have and so they've kind of grown accustomed to that and they're they're well known uh, for using that and that's kind of why they're you know more popular because they've stayed true to their roots now, one of the first uh, companies is uh, Sea Sense, and they have amazing sea uh, 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 products, uh, mainly their sea flip flops. And uh, their flip flops are plastic free, 100% biodegradable, and they're made from natural rubber. Now, you can go to uh, their website, uh, and that's where you can uh, get on their uh, list for the Kickstarter. And you can go to www.cflops.co. Next is number two, which is Fipper. And they have their shoes made from 100% Thai rubber. They are biodegradable, they're antibacterial, and they're BPA-free. You can find their website at fipperslipper.com. That's F-I-P-P-E-R, slipper.com. Next is Reef. Reef has been active and they've started since the 19 since 1984 since they so they've been around for a long time. And they have vegan and synthetic leather that they use in their shoes and they have uh, also 100% PVC free materials that they use. And you can find them at uh, www.reef.com. 
Number four is Indosol. I love Indosol and uh, I think that they're amazing as a company. Their flip-flops are made from recycled tires and hemp and also bicycle inner tubes and they don't use or incorporate leather in their products. They're also cruelty-free and are a certified B Corp. I featured them in episode 50 of my podcast and they uh, were in the uh, the end of an era, Three Mile Island nuclear plant to close in fall 2019, uh, 50th episode plus new price giveaway. That giveaway has since closed. You can visit them on the website indosol.com, I-N-D-O-S-O-L-E.com. Number five is Planet Flops. They have their uh, flip-flops made from 100% Brazilian rubber, and they're made in Brazil and are recyclable. You can check out their website at planetflops.com. Number six are the Feel Goods sandals. Now they're made with a Thai tree rubber. They also have a vegan leather and are made uh, using artisan-woven textiles and they use non-toxic dyes and fillers. You can check them out at their website, feelgoods.com. Number seven is Ollie, O-L-L-I, all capital, and you can check them out uh, with their amazing uh, flip-flops that they have. They have their fair trade natural rubber flip-flops, and they're made with Sri Lankan Lankan, uh, tree rubber in their fair trade and you can visit them at ollieworld.com. Number eight are the rainbow sandals and they're made from hemp and rubber. You can also uh, utilize their process of their repair, reuse, and recycle that they use to fix your your broken sandals. And they do uh, amazing at giving back to the community. I checked out a few of their videos of like how they make their sandals and then the founder and one of the repairmen uh, and how they give back to, you know, many organizations and schools. I saw on the website like 30 plus schools and organizations that they give back to and do drives and support. It's amazing. So um, one of the downsides, though, is that because of the uh, pandemic, they haven't really been taking in uh, shipped in fixes for shoes. So they'll probably do that after the pandemic passes, most likely. You can visit their website, rainbowsandals.com. Number nine are Huggos. Now, Huggos, H-U-G-G-O-G-O-E-S, H-U-G-G-O-E-S, just for clarification, they have their 100% biodegradable sandals made from Thai rubber plants, and you can check them out uh, on their website, huggoes.com. And then lastly, number 10, of which I'm familiar with, is uh, Okabashi. They have an amazing sandal. It's molded from recyclable materials, uh, which is about 45% soy by weight, and they're made in the U.S. for a lower carbon footprint, and they're BPA, latex, and thiolate-free. We, I did a, um, a podcast episode not too long ago about um, uh, having uh, BPA-free and lowered um, risks associated with trying to reduce um, your exposure to them. So check that out if you're really interested. 
and uh, Okabashi shoes are built to last and uh, you can always just send in one of your shoes, your Okabashi shoes, your pair to be recycled and you're going to receive a promo code to use on your next pair. Now to visit their website just go to okabashi.com O-K-A-B-A-S-H-I.com and then uh, for bonus, I will put in the episode notes in the description of this podcast episode the website for an even more uh, uh, bigger list or just a bigger list of uh, eco-friendly shoes, recycled flip-flops, and others. It's got 21 uh, different pairs, some of which I mentioned here, but I gathered uh, the list from uh, different sources of shoes, and I just made um, and I researched all the different shoes just to make sure the websites were working and then they were current and all types of other uh, details I could find about them. So I really hope that this website will be helpful for you uh, in the future. fact of the day is that Adidas has sold over 1 million eco-friendly shoes from ocean plastic. Each pair reuses the equivalent of 11 plastic bottles. That fact was sourced from weirdfacts.org. The Eco Company Spotlight is where we of course talk about amazing environmentally related products and services and I review them and of course if you have an idea about a product or you use one and you want to let me know about it and have me review it, uh, I would definitely love to of course uh, do that. Of course you can also do uh, so by contacting me via the voice message feature on the Anchor app or online or you can also do so via email at greenadultspodcast at gmail.com. For now I'm going to uh, do an amazing review for you and talk to you a little bit about a company that I love and what they stand for and they've been around for a long time. Anyone who ever heard of this company? Uh, I've been doing a lot of reviews since uh, February 2019 and it just keeps on going and going and this one is a bit new it's a a service that of course I've known about for a long time but it's new for me to talk about services so I figured to switch it up and to talk about Earth 911's iRecycle app so Earth 911 Inc as they're known uh, via their website on uh, earth911.com, they are one of the leaders and best sources of all types of eco, uh, efficient, sustainable lifestyle and recycling info that you can find on the largest curated database of different recycling programs that they have here in the U.S. And they also have information to help you uh, build and have a greener uh, lifestyle, whether it's uh, for you, um, you know, learning how to save money, uh, get recycled products, how to recycle properly, and everything in between. With the iRecycle app, there uh, is so much information on that app, and it's currently uh, in the United States uh, only, uh, showcasing all types of different locations where you can recycle different products. Uh, they have uh, convenient recycling opportunities uh, from you know on the go or whether you're at home, just any place that you can find uh, to uh, you know. 
find a place to uh, sit and uh, use the app. Uh, iRecycle provides access to um, about 1 million 600,000 ways to recycle over uh, 350 materials all in the US. Now simply uh, regarding its commitment to sustainability, it's just simply that you must have this app. If you want to uh, change, especially if you live in the US, how you recycle, what can you recycle, where, which goes where, uh, who can you send it to, drive to, or mail it to, this is the one-stop shop app for sure. And as far as its uh, product selection, I would say um, about its features are that it has many different various items that you can find to recycle. So they break it down into different categories and within those categories are the different items that you probably will have just based on the categories themselves. And then in that you can find a location uh, based on uh, where you live just by zip code and it will track down uh, from uh, you know five miles or so to probably a hundred plus miles of where you can find uh, recycling locations for whatever items you're looking to recycle. So the categories are uh, the automotive, uh, batteries, construction, uh, electronics, glass, metal, paint, paper, plastic, hazardous, garden, uh, household, and also you can check out their app for uh, articles that you can get from their website. Now my experience of uh, Earth uh, 911 has been an amazing one. I love the iRecycle app and it's been in the Apple iStore since 2009 and it's had many revisions since. But um, I have a Samsung Galaxy and uh, I downloaded it first probably in uh, 2016. Uh, if not prior, but I love this app. Like I, I downloaded it because it's a great free resource. It gets updated, uh, you know, usually, which isn't every so often, but it, it's great uh, for its stability and it doesn't crash or anything. I love the many different categories that you can use um, in looking up whatever you need uh, by zip code, of course, which is simply just amazing. It's it's unique in that feature. Um, it's not a hassle. It's not clunky. It's not slow. It doesn't have any uh, crazy um, things to happen to it, and it's not, you know, inundated with ads or anything like that. It's just amazing. And uh, for me, I use it to uh, either find things uh, that I can uh, drop off uh, at the locations, and I also used it to mail my middle sister's uh, key or her um, nail po nail polishes. Uh, and other packaging of, as well I've used uh, to find out if I can mail the, the items to the location itself. So it's great. Uh, you can find out that information, especially if you can't find out where to recycle things online. It can be a hassle. And the fact that you can use this amazing free app that's a, a bonus on top of it is great. So I love it. I also love that you don't have to turn on your location data or have it on or you don't have to uh, use that in the, the the app's permission. So you can still use the app uh, in the US and just uh, search um, by your zip code, whatever you need to, uh, of course, recycle. And you're going to easily be able to do that. So the, the app still operates um, and you can find the nearest recycling facility near you. So I do wish that there was an international tab for those who live outside the U.S. because 
um, the listeners of Greener Thoughts, they aren't just in the U.S. and they live in, in many different places. Um, and I, I love that I'm able to share, of course, different resources. Um, I, I do think it'll take a bit more time and research and, and probably money for them, um, Earth 911 on their side, to maybe develop an international uh, part of their app. So who knows, maybe in the future that will develop, of course. Now, I give them overall a 5 out of 5 green thumbs up. I recommend their app highly. If you haven't downloaded it before, you probably should. It's amazing um, in what it does. It's, it's, it doesn't have a lot of megabytes to it. It downloads easily. And it's an amazing resource that I will have for years and years to come. Now, Earth 911's their uh, iRecycle app, it can be found in the Apple uh, App Store and also in the Google Play Store. And you can also uh, go online to search.earth911.com and uh, use that search feature as well. Uh, ne- next, I want to uh, talk about where you can uh, find out the social media platforms of which uh, Earth 911 can be uh, found. You can check them out on their Facebook page at Earth 911. They're on Instagram at Earth 911. They're on LinkedIn at Earth 911 Inc. They're on Pinterest at Earth 911. They're also on Twitter at Earth 911.com. Uh, and then you can also check them out on YouTube at Earth 911 TV, where they have helpful videos about how you can uh, make your life a little bit more greener. And uh, also, you can contact them uh, at uh, uh, earth911.com, and you can check out their Contact Us uh, tab at the bottom of their website to go ahead and message them directly. I love doing this podcast episode, and I I thank you uh, so much for tuning in and listening into it, um, because it it, uh, is a bit different than uh, other podcast episodes I've done. I've done some related ones, but this one was specific to, you know, having shoes that are biodegradable and research that suggests that we can make shoes from things like algae and having them be compostable and, and maybe doing that in a commercial scale in the future. I, you know, implore you to consider if your shoes have been sustainably made, if they can be uh, reused or recycled in a, in a different way. And if your uh, manufacturers are making the shoes, can they take these shoes back? Can you have these shoes uh, be repaired? Um, how do these shoes operate? Can these shoes, you know, stand the test of time? If the answer is no to any of those questions, then maybe, you know, just consider... And you should, you know, give yourself an excuse to buy a new pair of shoes, buy some different shoes um, to give yourself a little bit of a shopping spree. Um, It doesn't have to be massive because most often uh, the shoes I mentioned, especially the flip flops, they're going to be reasonably priced, like nothing beyond $20, $15, $30 if you're if you're careful, Um, maybe including shipping. But the point is to uh, really look at your wardrobe and your shoes and if uh, they are, are made in a responsibly um, packaged way. If they are um, able to be broken down, what are they made from? Are these 
uh, materials um, conventional and, and, and petroleum based or are they made from things that can break down or are recycled? You want to look at uh, that um, point of view of your shoes and, and maybe this episode will have you, you know, open up your closet and look at your shoes and examine them and, you know, and make you uh, just uh, go out and buy some new shoes. I really hope that you give yourself the excuse to do that with this podcast episode. So I really hope that you have enjoyed this podcast episode and you uh, tune in to another podcast episode coming up soon. Again, I thank you for all the support and listens of Greener Thoughts thus far. And in the future, of course, you can always uh, go ahead and review the podcast uh, on uh, different uh, platforms, of course, that you know of. And also um, go ahead and share the podcast as well. That means so much. And also there are ways to support uh, through giving uh, funds. Of course, you can find that information on that uh, by going to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts Podcast and then checking out the support tab for different tiers of how you can support Greener Thoughts that way. Now, thank you again for listening in and I hope to see you again on another podcast episode coming up soon. But until then, as always, please take care of yourselves and as always, please take care of the planet. See ya.